No fun. No fun today. No fun. Zero no fun. fun. Zero silliness. Zero, Zero fun. fun, sir. <laughs> oh, shoot. What is that from? Remember the Titans. Yes, yes. Now I can see his face. It was the guy, <clears throat> was the guy from Scrubs. That was the movie that knocked uh, It's a Wonderful Life off the top spot. It's my favorite movie. Oh, really? So, yeah. So that's your favorite movie, Remember the Titans? Well, yeah, there's there's a there's a mix now, but It's a Wonderful Life, Remember the Titans, McClinic from John Wayne. Those are um, almost anything with Cary Grant. There's some pretty good ones. Philadelphia Story is pretty outstanding. It's a good one. I, I do like a lot of black and whites, obviously. Have you ever seen, because um, my favorite movie is um, You've Got Mail. Also a good movie. Yeah. But have you ever seen Shop, Shop Around, Around the, corner the Corner with Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, of course I have. I live Jimmy Stewart. I technically call that a Christmas movie, so I watch it yeah. this time of year. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I was just actually just literally just told Emma this week she would really like that movie. She would so. watch it, Emma. She's not seen You've Got Mail either, um, which is a little more time bound. It's interesting because you know. What they, do you think she would think you, of you know, You've Got Mail when we were talking about technology earlier? Right. That was like cutting edge technology at the time. You know. Right. The, but people today would have no idea what you're talking about. Right. You know, this new right. generation of like. Why is that even funny? You right. Know, but yeah, that movie kind of dated itself very quickly. Really did, you know, and a lot of things do. And sometimes that's sometimes that's good. You know, it can you know have that nostalgia, like you know, White Christmas Holiday, and right. Very very dated, obviously, right. and yet classic and timeless. I have AOL trauma because we used to get those CDs in the mail. Yeah, and they give you like X amount of hours, but then you'd go over those hours and get charged a million dollars. Your mom would be like, "What did you do?" We were just talking about that. This uh, is my mom. With the flip phones. <laughs> oh, yeah. School, right? Yeah. And so how much different it is today. Because social media has changed everything. Oh, yeah, right? 100%. And so kids having smartphones uh, in a more depressing and, and alarming <laughs> stat uh, just was, and I don't I don't remember numbers or anything, but they're talking about basically if your child has a smartphone, they are exposed to pornography. To, I 100% well, believe that. Whether to right. technical pornography or to sexually explicit images, mm -hmm. that's it's just part and parcel of having a smartphone in your pocket 100%. as you're doing it. And, uh, you know, by the time... That's what uh, you're talking to the, Kayla about? Gabriel, Kayla and Gabriel, <laughs> after Bible study last night. Oh. Uh, we're, we were talking about the world, man. We had everything. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Um, <laughs> Man, <laughs> <laughs> we, as we were, as we were, um, like Cheech and John. As I was listening to them talking about it, uh, I think it was Ali Beth Stuckey on, on Relatable, which is a podcast really worth listening to. Um, it's not just a girl's podcast; it's a it's a good podcast all the way around. She's not a girl; she's not yet a woman. I think after three kids, she's a woman at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> that was that. What does it? Uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> That's. Anyway, there there seems to be some question about what a woman is these days, but I think that pretty, when you have three kids, pretty well clarifies. <laughs> but, uh, but talking about the fact that you know, by the time if, if a if a kid has a cell phone, what, what was it? it was like twelve years old, like seventy five per kid, uh, percent of kids or something, some ridiculous number um, that have a um, electronic device right. and access to stuff have. Right. Uh, have been exposed to pornography by the time they're 12. Sorry. That's just, it's insane. You right. Know, in, 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 I would 100% believe that. In the old days, you know. The old days. Back in the 90s. In the 1900s. You know, right, in the 1900s. Uh, you know, you had to actually either go seeking these things. Right. Or 
be exposed to them by now they're else like pushed in your it. face it it is a predatory industry you were talking about marketing earlier there oh, i'm talking about that kind of marketing no no but but the some of the christmas all, chevy all the commercial tools, go watch it. all the same principles that are used the algorithms and everything right, else sure. are used in predatory fashion you're sure. talking about a multi-billion dollar industry that is specifically seeking to to draw you in and to Gross. draw you in younger and younger and it's hard back in the day we were just worried about texting getting charged 10 cents per text that's exactly what that's what made me think of it because that's exactly what kayla says like when you accidentally hit the uh right. hit the internet button you're like, like, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. the fear <laughs> my parents are gonna kill fear me that's three dollars oh man and you had to wait till like after eight o'clock to call people because it wouldn't be charged as much man y'all today don't even know how good you have it kayla. right well i remember you know so <laughs> when shell and i were first married you people were concerned about long distance. Drivers. Right. Right. And, and your grandparents were really concerned about long distance. So you'd make a collect call and say everything you had to say in the <laughs> <laughs> Remember that commercial where the collect was like, it's Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. <laughs> Do you remember that commercial? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, old school oh, right man. there. That's good stuff. So, so many transitions. I told you no silliness today. No silliness. Oh, sorry. People who know us knew that you were lying straight from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big liar. Big fat liar. Big fat liar. Another 90s. That should be a movie. <laughs> Another 90s. Uh, that was a horrible movie. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Frankie Muniz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't and, think that uh, was bad. Paul Giamatti yeah. and Amanda Bynes. That, that, was, I, that might have been the first thing I saw Paul Giamatti in. Amanda Bynes yeah. before she fell off the deep end. There's, She's on TikTok now. There's a, a lot of young 90s stars that fell off the deep end. True. And young 2000 stars. And young... 2010 stars. And young and, 80s stars. And young 80s, 70s. Doesn't discriminate. You know, no. You know who's doing well? You get famous young and you seem to get stupid sooner. Okay. Last who's bit of well? last bit of silliness. <laughs> You've, she said almost sincerely. Did you see the movie in the 90s, Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles? I think I did. I remember it. I, I mean, it was like it. a core memory so. because it was like my. Yeah. yeah, it was Julia Stiles. I love Julia Stiles. So anyway, Saturday Night Live, which I don't she watch anymore. She was way too grown up. She was. Saturday Night Live, which I don't watch anymore. I haven't watched in a long time. But I'll see, you'll see like clips of it come up on whatever. And there was a clip from this past weekend where they do like the um, the news section or whatever. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? What's it called? I don't remember. Tina Fey used to do it. Um, yeah. But this girl was on there and she said that the best thing you can or give. Dennis Miller. Well, whatever. You know. <laughs> I was back in Tina Fey. Um <laughs> She said the best thing you can get your partner for Christmas is you can do the dance for them that Julia Stiles did at the end of Save the Last Dance. And it's it, looking back now, like when I was younger, we I thought, that, I thought that dance killed. And it was a horrible dance. Like she wasn't doing anything. And then she starts doing the dance and all of a sudden Julia Stiles shows up and they finish the dance together. Nice. And it was just, it warmed my Childhood heart. You know who? And she seemed to be doing quite well. Reminded me of Julia Stiles. And she's still very serious. She even if she's not, right. she has a serious look. Right, face. and she's got the voice. So she can be and super the, goofy right. and just has that right. that face that looks yes. older. Yes. Emma has a friend who's like two years younger than Emma, but looks like thirty five. <laughs> she just has an authoritative face, right? right? Uh, Julia Stiles was like that. She yeah. seemed that's why she worked so well in like Ten Things I Hate About You. Right. She just had that. Like my grandson Martin, where you just look like you're judging everybody. It doesn't matter. It's a resting judgment right. face. And uh, anyway, uh, you know who Olivia Holt is? I know the name. Yeah. She, it was, as soon as she came out, she was on a show called I Didn't Do It, Goofy Disney Plus okay. show or Disney Channel. Or I don't even remember the difference anymore. Um, 
which had some, you know, it's just one of those little vehicles they put together with these young stars. Right. They're just doing it for right. one season for that. Uh, and she, she reminded me a lot of Julia Stiles, only prettier. Look her she up was now. actually prettier than Julia Stiles. Uh, Don't say that. It was astonishing. Um, but it was a fun, it was a stupid show, but it was a funny show. There's a lot of, a lot of young talent there. Um, Piper Curta, I think was. Oh, in she's, she does look like Julia Stiles. No, right. And, yeah, and now she's older too. So she's twenty six. Yeah. She was she's born twenty six. That's she crazy. Was born in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, so was Gabe. Well, Gabe's a fetus. Gabe and I had a. a we've had some good talks lately. <laughs> well, all right. It's a Christmas miracle. Anyway, <laughs> we're done with silliness. It's a wonder. It's a wonderful so, life. Yeah, it's a wonder that you guys were able to have those those conversations. Mostly, we bond over things that we both don't like. <laughs> So there's, we bond over our hatred of should, should I make comments about generational cynicism? So, Go for it. So. I'm completely as But we're going to move, we're gonna move, <laughs> we're gonna move forward. You're, you're growing more cynical as time am, goes on. I am the Clint Eastwood of, uh, of my day. Get off uh, my lawn. So finished watching Rawhide. Got <clears throat> season eight just as a serious drop-off because they – changed the show so much. It was very disappointing. Mm. Clint Eastwood went from being Rowdy Yates to being the man with no name oh. in that, you know, so those movies hadn't dropped yet in right. America, right. But, but you know, so all of a sudden he goes from the young buck to now he's super serious Clint Eastwood mm -hmm. character. And I'm like, yeah, they just did not transition. Well, the ratings dropped off in season eight. They killed off the main character. Well, they didn't even kill him off. He just, Left. Disappeared. Nice. They didn't talk about it. Didn't mention it. He was the guy the show Bye. was built around, and he's gone. Cool. You know, so you know, funny that, when that happens. And totally changed cast. The most popular characters were suddenly gone, well, except for Rowdy Yates. So now it became all about him and Paul Brenneker, who is brilliant. Uh, he plays Wishbone the Cook. Oh, not Anyhow. the little Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> no, but not too far <laughs> off either. Uh, <coughs> he also happens to play Mr. Kelly in the Wyatt Earp television series. Oh. Too. 10 years probably before that. So. I just watched a movie about Wyatt Earp and it was with um, Val Kilmer and he was Doc Holliday. Tombstone. Was it Tombstone? I don't yes. know what it was called. You called yourself a 90s child and you don't I've know I've never seen it until like oh two weeks ago. Oh my goodness. Do you think that that would be my the kind of movie My great disappointment. No, well, no you shouldn't have seen it when you were a kid, right. a kid in the 90s, that for sure. But and, uh, get my I brother started of, on that. That's like his favorite movie. Why can't I think of, I can see the actor who is Wyatt Earp. Kurt Russell. Yes. Yeah. That, that was terrific. But I was- The Kevin Costner Wider movie came out basically the same time. Oh. And much, I mean, they're both kind of dark, but- uh, I was transfixed by Val Kilmer. It was more of a revision, not, not really a revisionist, because Wider's history was pretty sketchy. Right. But um, I thought Tombstone did a nice job of carrying off the Wider character in still a heroic mm -hmm, way, mm -hmm. but not not a- not lionized. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like a like a hagiography of-, of Saints and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and Sam Elliott. And Sam Elliott is brilliant. So, you know. Sam Elliott is the same person in every movie, and he's brilliant in all of it. You know, the, the movie that he was different and yet the same because he shaved his mustache, which is like, and they made him look tall somehow. I don't know how you make Sam Elliott look tall, but uh, was uh, We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson, and he played oh. the Sergeant Major, and he was just foul and crusty and horrible, and it was a perfect Sergeant so Major. Okay. So. Anyway, what are you talking about? So, brilliant. Now that you've gotten your irrelevant pop so, culture lesson for the we've, day, we've we've revealed some things to you about movie and about movies in Hollywood and 
actors and things. And so in this revelation, we transition to the wonder of revelation. I knew you could do it. So I knew you could do it. It's been a while. So don't. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I just, uh, that just came up. In a, I sent in a you a gift. TikTok. Was that you yeah. from here? Okay. I just saw that. Like, like, oh, that's so sassy. <laughs> Yeah, that's I right. said it to you because it's me. It, it definitely was. So it's me. Yeah, we Jessica we definitely have some nineties. But anyway, Sunday we were looking at the the wonder of Revelation as we're working through these themes. By the way, the the ad the, the Advent devotionals in the in the booklet Solid. Are really and they're really banging this week. I think you know I uh, just read uh, Dennis's, Dennis's uh, yesterday. Really, you know who I was really impressed with was Luke. He did a great job. Yeah. And I you know, texted him and told him as I much. I don't think we've ever had a sophomore in high school right, right before. Right. Emma did it last year as a junior, but I think that was her first one. Right. And uh, Josh did it, very I think, impressed as a with senior. That. So, yeah, it was, it, it was good. But kudos was to everybody. They are – even Laura's today I read. Was I really haven't read cool. Laura's yet, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. This is the first year ever that I haven't read them before because mm. up until like, what, five years ago maybe um, – I was putting them all together myself. Right. So then when, I don't know how long ago it was, time is a blur, but when Aaron started doing it, I, I was still in involved in the editing right. and stuff. Right. And then we did that. So this year's the first year I didn't do any of the editing. I read um, two of them beforehand because, you know, like um, Shelly was editing one before I went to Aaron. Mm. And so I, uh, I sort of read this that. This is the that first year I haven't done one. You know, you didn't do one? No, because I have clinical depression. <laughs> Step up, girl. <laughs> I did not do one this year. <laughs> I did not know that. So my disappointment is great. But sorry. That's all right. You can write one for me later. I regret telling. I'm writing You can something. send your homework in late. I'm writing something <laughs> and I want to send it to you. It's about potatoes. I can't be sad by well, potatoes. Anyway. I sometimes like to alter That's why potatoes. I asked you about that orange juice and the and the gospel thing the other day because I'm you writing. You said you were writing a thing. I'm writing a thing about potatoes. I actually mentioned your thing that I don't know what it is, but I mentioned that last night of Bible study. We were talking about Piper's article. And so. I'm writing a thing. Writing a thing, which is what writers do. About usually. potatoes. Uh, we were talking about something. Oh, this so is the, a riveting. The, yeah, we're really, I apologize <laughs> for my existence. So anyway, the, um, the Advent devotionals, are, I, I think are doing a really nice job of connecting so, sometimes connecting the dots and sometimes just kind of thinking just as a riff, as a spinoff from it. Um, but this, the, the theme for our Advent season, for those who are just joining us, and if you're just joining us, you probably have already left <laughs> because. Uh, you're like, well, that was a mistake. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we're looking at the wonders of his love as, as our Advent theme. And so we're working through four themes um, that ways, uh, amazing ways that we can contemplate God's love. And as we looked first at the wonder of creation and just just the amazing reality that God made anything, he didn't have to do any of this, and that he made us and created us in his image. These are powerful, uh, powerful realities that are so much bigger, you know, when we're talking about the, the wonder of creation this week and the wonder of revelation that God not only created us, but made himself known to us. Mm -hmm. uh, this coming Sunday, we'll look at the incarnation. Uh, so it starts to feel perhaps a little more Christmassy as we get into uh, incarnation and redemption. Much easier to pick Christmas songs to go along with that. Hard, harder to find Christmas songs about creation. You, you know, well, get one or two and, uh, you know, revelation, there's allusions to it, but not right. not quite as much, and not as not, I should say not quite as 
explicit where the store that's the point of the song there are, you know uh, there are a number of of different uh references throughout a lot of christmas carols and hymns when you get to incarnation yes obviously right. there's there's a lot of that there's a lot of focus on the nativity itself and then uh redemption uh, is really woven into so many of those christmas songs it's it's the, some of the best christmas carols now there obviously there's a lot of secular you know I was going to say pointless, pointless theologically, perhaps, but, right. but, you know, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Jingle Bells. These are fun songs, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just saw a couple of years ago, uh, do you remember we did, uh, we actually did Rudolph as part of a medley on our Christmas Eve service. We did a, a, a few different. Oh, I do remember that. You know, Why did we do that? Uh, I think, I think we were setting up that time, kind of a family home Christmas. Was deal. that the one where we had, where our theme was I, like Christmas carols or something like that? Might have been, I don't but I mean, and we used to. I, mean, I sang "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" one year. Yeah, yeah. That was the and, carol, and we've done that more than once. Uh, well, because there was there's an so, alternate version of that. Yeah. That's more Christ centered. Yeah. So there's. Um, did you write it? I did not. Oh, well, you know. Um, that that song was. And we specifically didn't have you write a song this year either. So. I started one, and then I was clinically depressed, right. so I didn't. I actually, um, I actually have your start for the one. That yeah, we have I do too. I was going to push you to finish it. But, yeah. You know. So. But you, know, you were clinically depressed. That so, song was written specifically you know, we have for to Judy say that, Garland. You know, we have to say that kind of low. We have to say, you know, clinically, clinically depressed. depressed. But um, I'm, I'm, yes, on a, it I'm, was. A, I'm on a new medication. <laughs> you can bring out your ASMR voice. You know. Hello, I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> this is the sound of opening the pills. So <laughs> we may have absolutely, you know, left the rails it's altogether. It's because I'm clinically here, depressed. So. But as we're looking at, at the themes, we go from from the the wonderment um, as we consider the fact that God made us to to that that same wonderment, amazement, awe, word. wonderment. I know I was thinking that. So as a, make a candy I was trying not wonder, to say that because I knew it would take me down a rabbit trail. But I, I almost you know almost said that's a good word, and then you pick sorry me up. thanks for picking me up on that i appreciate you're welcome it. buddy yeah, that's good i think it should be a candy bar now called wonder mint like you know Ta-da. uh so there was a, that's why i got do you remember the, the big bucks for school that were others we used to sell those oh so was, yeah, yeah. They well, were like, my idea is um, not that original what's sorry. the what's the uh, oh it was a mint i can't it was the same kind of mint it was velament i don't remember what it was it was some sort of a uh, of a mint that uh, was already on the market, but, well, they, but I'm not. They changed it to call it testaments for that, basically. So, uh, back to the actual uh, concept we were what? supposed to be talking about um, the the amazement at, at recognizing that God didn't have to. God, who created everything, who is self sufficient, who is sovereign and beyond us, He is He is the Most High. He didn't have to make himself available to us. He didn't have to make himself known to us. And so in revealing himself, his his nature and character, um, and in revealing himself, he also revealed the way for us to have a relationship with him mm-hmm. through Christ. None of that had to happen, but but we saw that the, um, the core reality as we were talking through it was that God makes himself known to display his glory in his relationship to us. And so his revealing himself, making himself known, uh, is for his glory and our good because we, we need him. 
you know, so is just as he created out of the overflow of his love, he also reveals himself to us out of the overflow of his love. He loves us. He created us in his image. He created us for that relationship. That's the whole reason we exist is to have a relationship with him. Every single human being, not just Christians, not just believers, every single human being was made for that purpose. But sin keeps us from fulfilling that purpose. We can't do what we were made to do because our relationship with God is severed. Right. So he's the giver of life. He's the source of life. He is the end, the goal, the, 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 the goal line of all of life. And because we are cut off from that relationship, there's no way for us to live out our purpose. This is why I, I, I'm going to say this is specifically why we have this overwhelming, um, pandemic in our world of purposelessness mm. of, of people who are longing for significance and meaning and chasing it in all these different ways and not finding it because they're chasing all these things that are not made to fulfill it. Right. They're, they're panaceas, but they're not actually the goal. And, and so we have this hunger that ultimately is a hunger for God. And he's built that into us. But and, you're trying to fill it with other things. Right. And Ecclesiastes 311, you know, God set eternity in the hearts of men. And so we have this, this desire for him, what Pascal called the, the God-shaped hole or void in us. It can only be filled by, by him. St. Augustine said that we were, we were made for, for God and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in God. And so apart from that relationship with him, none of us can actually have mm. the meaningful life that we were meant for. Everything else is frail, uh, just pallid and paltry and, and not worth pursuing. And those are the things that we spend all of our time pursuing. And, and as we, I think maybe that's really profoundly evident during the Christmas season. I'm just thinking this out loud as we're talking. That's what this uh, is for. Um, and, and I've said before how much I love the season. I, you know, I love the nostalgia uh, I'm a nostalgic kind of person. I love you the Chevy stop, commercials. You banging on the table, my friend. Should I scratch my beard <laughs> some more on all these things? Um, so we need a wooden table that I can't, you know, this plastic table. Well, this is an enormous nice. table, just FYI. You can't <laughs> see it. It's really it's, not, but it's a lot bigger than where you're right, used to where be. Used to, like, be a little cramped. Uh, anyway. It's a six-foot plastic folding table. Bigger just, than me. You know, a little, little insight for you all. Uh, it's also, Behind the magic. You know, it, it's also, like, very two-dimensional, right? Right. So, Anyway, uh, but proceed. Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as we're as we're looking at the all the trappings of Christmas, maybe that that is is really a profound understanding. The things that um, that we we try to portray as meaningful, mm -hmm. right? In, in the Hallmark movies and the Christmas specials, all these different things they are still empty, right? If it comes it short feel, of feel Christ. Good for a hot minute. But, right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the the Chevy commercials, you know, the, the we watch and, and, and yeah, that's great. But right. it still leaves us empty in the right. end because it can't fulfill that that need. It, it touches on it and it kind of sparks it a little bit. This is why, you know, again, not to not to go too far afield, but, you know, hey, if you've been, been here, you know me. Uh, but this is why we we see people chasing, especially you know, in this post sexual revolution era, we see people chasing 
you know, relationships and physical relationships as if they are going to provide this meaning, this fulfillment. And they never do because we keep, even in marriage, we chase marriage on our terms rather than on God's terms. And we can't figure out why it's unfulfilling. We can't figure out why we can't get it right. We can't get it right because we don't do it right. We don't start with the foundation and and with the goal in mind. So if if God's word isn't the foundation and God's glory and our joy in God isn't the, the end game, that's not what we're going for. Well, then, of course, it's going to fall apart. The very best, and I, and I tell folks this when we're doing premarital counseling, by God's grace, any two people can can choose to spend a lifetime together and have a, a significant, good marriage. It can be a good and beautiful thing, but it can't be the best thing because Mm -hmm. it was designed for the purpose of glorifying God and portraying his relationship to his people. And if we don't have him at the center of it, then we can't have that. We can't have the best. We can have good, but we can't have the best. In the same way, all of the the beauty and nostalgia and emotion and, and you know, the warm, fuzzy feelings that we get at Christmas time, giving goes up during Christmas time. You know what else goes up? Depression and suicide. And so all these things, as we are trying to do good and we're feeling good feelings, they still fall short because we need the revelation of God. We need to know him and he's made himself known, but we choose not to acknowledge him as God or to give thanks to him. Connecting those dots a little bit. My mom used to work for a a family law attorney for Mm -hmm. many years. And every year she said when they'd get back from the holiday season, the divorce rates would spike. People would file for divorce like crazy. And her boss used to joke that people didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. But that's kind of it. You didn't, you know, you have all these expectations. Well, that's right. uh, and, And that's just in general in life, you have these expectations and you're putting them in things or people or whatever, and they're never going to be what you think they should be. Yeah. We see that the, 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 not just at Christmas, but the the post honeymoon uh, crash that people have. And and I don't, there, there's research on all this stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't care that much about it and I don't know the the numbers, but, but there is um, this phenomenon where people, you know, get married and they come back from their honeymoon Mm -hmm. and then they end up profoundly depressed because, you know, they were wanting some magic fairy tale ending, but that's not how life works. The fairy tale ending is, and did we talk about this already? Yeah, I talked about it last, last well, week. The notebook. Because I, I wrote an article about it. Did we talk about the notebook? Yeah. 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 So it, that's where I, I get confused about which conversations are which. Um, <laughs> so we just need to hang out more and then, then I can clarify all that. But yeah, it's such a powerful reality to right. recognize that we are chasing after false things. Right. Things that seem, they promise big and deliver small. Well, frankly, especially this time of year, I think even... Oh, yeah, we're, we're running behind. So many Christmas stories. Yeah. But even this time of year, I think people might have this, you might see a, an uptick in church attendance, like around Christmas Eve or whatever. Yeah. And people are trying to fill something there, I think. Yeah. When it's, when they, it, either it's, they feel like it's an obligation or they're looking for something. Or it's part of the season. Right. right. But as you stated. It's the trappings of right. Christmas. But as you stated actually. both in your sermon and, you know, a few minutes ago, that's really not even what it's about because that's not what we are called to a relationship. It's mm-hmm. not come to church once in a while. And so you can get a, get a fix and feel good. He's, he's calling us to a relationship. And I think if we're blind, blinded by Christmas trees and, and even, even, uh, you know, traditional hymns that are about yeah. the season, whatever, that's nice. And that's, memories great. Right. And all that. that's great. But it's not, 
that's also not going to fill you. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, you know, when we, when we look at, just like you said, he's called us to a relationship with him. And he has. But we were made for that. But we didn't have to be made for that. Right. God, God didn't. There was nothing that obligated God to do that. So I think sometimes we take it for granted sure. that, you know, oh, well, God wants us to have a relationship with him as if that adds something to God, as if right. as if somehow he benefits from having us. And and did it so perfectly. And I was talking to my mom about this last night. Did it so perfectly that he sent Jesus as a, a humble baby, mm -hmm. not, you know, some mighty warrior, you know, golden God type thing that we would never be able to relate to. Right. But he sent this child who was fully human and fully and fully God all at once, but human. Yeah. He was us. And so that's this next week's message well, as we look I at the, incar really well. the incarnation. And, and you can see how it overflows from God creating us, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, mm -hmm. because he loves us and revealing himself to us, calling mm -hmm. us to relationship, mm -hmm. making us for relationship and making a relationship available to us. He could have very easily demanded that of us right. and not given us the means, right. you know, left us on our own. Right. We, we all want this free will idea until we realize what that actually means. Sure. Free will means you're on your own to do this, mm -hmm. but on our own, we're bent towards sin. So we don't have that relationship with him. But God revealed himself. He gave us his word. He showed us how that he was going to do this. He called his shot and said, that, I'm going to send the serpent crusher. Right. Sends him, and we'll get to this next week, right. sends him in the form of this baby that we might be able to connect. Not so that God could understand us. He already did. Right. But so that we could understand him. Right. <laughs> but God is becoming my favorite phrase lately mm, about a lot of things. But anyway, we will, uh, no silliness next week. No ASMR. No ASMR, no silliness. Still probably clinically Don't depression. You Clinical depression. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Merry Christmas.